Once again, thanks for jumping on board the ASX Market Goss podcast. For no more than 30 minutes, we dig a little deeper with ASX-listed small cap companies, their focus, the future, the highs, the lows, and what's next. Part of the conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level, their experiences, mentors, slips and slides, even down possibly to their coffee of choice, and life away from the share price and investment decision-making. Our guest today on the podcast is Adrian Griffin, a Charger Metals non-executive director. Adrian, thanks for coming in and appreciate your time. Pleasure, Tim. Um, are you comfortable in this environment? Oh, it's a little bit tight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm referring to the studio, of course, but uh, yeah, look, mining's been my lifeblood. Yeah, 100%. And do you still, you're obviously, as you say, you've been around this industry for a while, but are you still learning? Oh, of course I am, yeah. Yeah, we were lucky enough to pick the lithium boom almost before it started. So we've been there for about 10 years and we learn every single day. Fortunately, we know a little bit more than uh, most of our competitors. Yeah, huge. And that places you at the uh, at the front and centre of it. Of course, described as an emerging explorer-focused lithium and battery metals in WA and the Northern Territory. Is that a correct summation? Yeah, it is. Most of our focus is lithium and we've got two very strong lithium projects in the portfolio. You're a massive advocate for zero carbon. You have been for a while. I certainly have, yeah. How are we tracking? Oh, not very well. And I, I think, quite frankly, the lithium industry has a lot to live up to and a lot of problems to fix. I shouldn't get bogged down on that because I have some very, very solid views. But you know, if, you, if you have a look at sustainability within the industry, it doesn't have a good track record. And there are technical solutions to that, and we've simply got to implement it. Uh, some companies are working towards it, and, and good on them. It's just got to be done. 2050, I think, the federal government several years ago talked about zero emissions and, and the likes, and you talk about we're not doing very well. If you were to crystal ball, how far that, that 2050 is would be hopefully achievable, but if you were right now to say where are we going to be at, what year would you put it at, the way we're tracking I'd put it 10 or 15 years later than that. And really what we've got to do is get the carbon footprint down at the, the start of the process. You know, it's, it's fine looking at EVs and comparing them with uh, internal combustion engines and all that sort of thing. But really we've got to go back to the uh, minerals that are in the ground, how we get them out and how can we do that and process those with a low carbon footprint. And that's the trick. And we haven't really even begun the journey. When did... For the want of a better saying, when did the penny drop for you that we needed to do something in this space? Well, it's interesting because when we got involved in the lithium industry, as I said, it's about 10 years ago, what we did was look at lithium deportment around the world, see where it was coming from and where it was going to. And the conclusion that we came to was more than 50% of it wasn't getting into the supply chain, it was going into waste streams. Of course, that immediately doubles your carbon footprint. So... We looked at that problem and said, well, uh, what does it need to fix the problem? And the answer was better processing technology. And as Lithium Australia at the time, which is, of course, the largest shareholder in Charger, and indeed the uh, the company that uh, found the assets in the first place, as Lithium Australia, we looked at that problem and started developing processing technology to get around the problem. With that said... um 
I'm interested by your experience in mining and you know, the lithium, nickel sectors, all that sort of stuff. I want to talk about Bino Lithium and Lake Johnston Project as well um, coming up. I just want to know, when you're a boy growing up, was mining always going to be it? What did you? What, <laughs> what, what, what was your passion? It, it really was. It is a, it's a bloody good question. But uh, uh, from the time I was about knee-high to a grasshopper, I used to spend all my <laughs> vacations at school on the uh, Victorian goldfields, crawling through all the old mine workings to try and figure out how the hell the guys did what they did. And it just never left me. That's, so what were your mates doing while you doing, you were doing that? Oh, well, it was the days before PCs and what have you, and there weren't video games. I, <laughs> I, I, I guess I was sitting at home reading books. I bought myself a metal detector, and I thought it was the ants' pants, and I used to go down to the beach and scan it over it. I, that was, I had that aspiration of finding my wealth, probably down at Cottesloe Beach or North Coast. Did you ever go down that line, metal detectors? Yeah, I did, and... May I say, not very successfully. So we've got something in common, Tim. <laughs> Tell me what a pegmatite is. Oh, pegmatite, it's the, the, the last gasp when it comes to granitic intrusions. Granites, they start off as, as molten rock, rising towards the surface. They slowly solidify, and then a lot of the volatile materials, which includes lithium, lithium, water, potassium, the light metals and the like, they get concentrated in the very last stages of the magma. And if that uh, uh, magma chamber then breaches through a fracture in the rock, those last gasps get penetrated into the country rock and they crystallise as pegmatites, generally coarse grain with a really weird assemblage of minerals. Uh, you get tin, tantalum, tungsten, you get a bit of uranium, thorium, rare earths, and, of course, today... Lots and lots of lithium. And that's the space you're in. We're, we're chatting, of course, with CHRs. So that's the ASX code, of course, Charge of Metals, Non-Executive Director, Adrian Griffin. Um, I'm intrigued by spent battery collection. I know that's, again, you, did you start it? Well, well you're one I, of, one I, of? I, I've got to put a Lithium Australia hat on here, so we, we've got to, be, got to be careful that we don't confuse the two companies. But... Uh, yeah, we, we had a look at uh, uh, recycling batteries inside Lithium Australia and came to the conclusion there were lots of uh, companies saying they did it, but most of them were collecting them and ex exporting a problem. There was one company that was actually processing in Australia, so we took it over. And uh, until today, we remain, as Lithium Australia, the only recycler of uh, lithium-ion batteries in Australia. Okay, so again, you're talking to me, but you're also, we've got a lot of people who are listening right here, right now, that want to know why. Why are we recycling batteries? And to what extreme are we talking? What what batteries? Is it when I go to office works and I see, oh, you can throw your spare batteries in there? Is that how small we're talking? And then we're talking Oh, yeah, right, right down to button cells. We, 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 we take everything, take everything. But uh, why are we doing it? And I yeah. think it gets back to this philosophy of sustainability and the fact that we started looking at sustainability of the raw materials, was there a better way to do it? Can you get a better yield out of the ore deposits? And the answer, of course, was yes. But then when you put those into a battery and that battery gets to end of life, you've got the same problem. You don't, you don't want to treat that as 
uh, a spent commodity and throw it away. And unfortunately, that's what we do with only about uh, 8 to 10% of those batteries in Australia at the moment being recycled. Now, we can't afford to have a throwaway society and continue to waste those resources and then have to pay for new ones. So the best thing to do is recycle them. Okay, well, explain to me how the recycling process Oh, that's works. a secret, Tim. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's not. Really, the crux of it is collecting batteries. Uh, and if you can't collect batteries, of course, you haven't got a recycling business. So uh, we've got a, a fairly extensive collection network within, again, Lithium Australia, not within Charger, uh, an extensive collection network. And then we uh, sort those battery, batteries, shred them, separate the components, and then put the uh, components back into the battery industry. That sounds like a really deep, hard process. Well, when when we got into it, I said, gee, that's easy. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> pro- proved to be wrong. It is, it is quite difficult, mm. uh, which is why we don't have a lot of competition in the marketplace. So people listening right now who chuck it in their, chuck any batteries in the bottom of their bin, changing the car batteries, whatever it may be, are you imploring to them to for them to make a difference? Oh, indeed, I am, yeah. I am. So don't be flippant and, about it. No, and, and, and go and find where your, your local uh, recycling centre, for want of a better word, is where that bin is that you can dump your batteries. And I'll tell you what, there are a lot of them. Go to places like Bunnings and Officeworks, Battery World. So when you get rid of your batteries, or indeed when you go and buy a new one, most of the places where you buy a new one have got bins to recycle the old ones. Are, they, are we doing it enough? Are you, have you seen an increase as we start to be a little bit more community-minded and a bit more aware of our planet that we're living in? Have you, From your vantage point, are you seeing a, a change in our, in our habits? Yeah, well, we, indeed we are. And most people are completely unaware of the fact that uh, there was a battery stewardship scheme introduced into Australia January of last year. So it's been going for about uh, uh, 12 months, a bit over 12 months. Uh, and what that scheme does is it charges a levy on the battery at the point of purchase. So when you buy a battery, you don't even notice it because the, the levy on a, a, a AAA battery or a AA battery uh, is about four cents and it's built into the price. That four cents goes back to the Battery Stewardship Council and then the Battery Steward, Stewardship Council Gee, that's hard. Yeah, it is hard. The Battery Stewardship Council. See, I got it right. It's Don't overthink not, it. Not that hard at all. <laughs> so the, 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 the council uh, collects that money and then distributes distributes amongst the uh, parties that are certified collectors, sorters, and recyclers. So effectively, it subsidi- subsidises that recycling cost. Massive education. Knew nothing about that. It's fantastic that you've got you in uh, to talk about this. What's happening out over west of Norseman, Lake Johnston project? What's happening out there? Oh, thank God for that. You've got back on track and we're back to charge where we should have started. No, well, but, we're crossing all paths. Well, I, I guess when, when we uh, started Charger, which is now about 18 months or so ago, uh, and we looked at the the assets that were in Lithium Australia exploration assets, uh, and Lithium, of course, had gone. Lithium Australia had gone high tech. So we we got the portfolio, stripped it right down, and said, "Where are the best of the targets?" And with respect to Lithium, there were two standout targets. One of them was Lake Johnson. The other one's Bino, up near Darwin. So Lake Johnson had outcropping Lithium pegmatites. Uh, 
And you don't see too many of those, so we had a stand-up target. And I'd like your listeners to know we haven't actually been sitting on our hands for 18 months. One of the great problems that the industry has at the moment, uh, and really has for a long period of time, is permitting and the time it takes. So we floated. It took us um, over 12 months to get the permits in place so we could start drilling, and we commenced drilling there in uh, December of last year. Uh, we have intersected, not surprisingly, below outcrop uh, those lithium-bearing pegmatites. They're quite abundant. They're uh, uh, thin, unfortunately, but uh, occupy a large mass of the total rock. So if you look at it in terms of uh, perhaps digging a hole and say, well, how much in that hole is lithium pegmatites? It's probably 15 to 20%. So on a percentage basis, it doesn't look too bad. The, the uh, uh, pegmatites themselves... Uh, range in thickness from sort of one, two, through to about five metres in most cases. In a few locations, they coalesce and get up to 13, 14 metres. And as we drill to the north, they seem to be thickening up. We do have plans of putting in some deeper holes at the moment. Uh, um, I can't recall exactly how many holes we're permitted for, but we've drilled about 35 of the holes, maximum depth about 250 metres. But we do want to step back from that and... Uh, drill some significantly deeper holes as well. To our listeners who are listening to the, to this podcast right now, and we're talking, of course, to Adrian Griffin about Charger, Lake Johnson and Bino, and I use the quotation, little words, little exclamation points, of course, surrounded by momentum and success. Oh, well, yeah, I, I think uh, um, Lake Johnson certainly is, and it's not far from... Uh, those large discoveries at Earl Grey, which are coming into production, and of course will support local refining capacity. So it's not only a mining operation, but uh, downstream refining. So we're in a green greenstone belt that is uh, uh, parallel to that and just to the east. Um, in the case of Bino in Northern Territory, we're completely surrounded by core lithium, uh, who are now operating, and of course core has. Uh, expanded the success of that operation to such an extent that they're now a $2 billion company based on pegmatites that surround ours and strike into the ground that we've got. And in fact, if you have a look at that ground, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's When I say that ground, I'm talking about the, the charger ground. We've got uh, a number of walk-up targets there and they have very significant lithium anomalies on them and that in itself is quite remarkable for that part of the world because you've got a tropical weathering horizon the lithium weathers out of the uh, spodumene and other lithium minerals and it's very very soluble and it gets flushed out and you normally don't see strong lithium anomalies but we have some absolute rippers there and believe me they're not small and there's uh, seven up, which has got a, a strike length in the anomaly of about 700 metres, a width of about oh, up to 100, and pegmatites dotted along bits and pieces of it. Uh, there'll certainly be something underneath those lithium anomalies. Then there's megabucks, and I have to say, we didn't name that, by the way. Well, I like megabucks. Uh, yeah, it sounds yeah, like yeah. I should be involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an historic name. I've got no idea where it came from, but you'll, you'll notice I do wear the megabucks tie. You tile. do have a megabucks tie. Yeah. So me megabucks has got uh, a strike length of about uh, oh, 
800 metres. It's been subjected to historic trenching. It's a, a pegmatite that looks like it's relatively continuous. A bit hard to tell because it's uh, um, pretty shitty exposure in, in trenching, but uh, uh, continuous over about 750, 800 metres, something like that, and a width of about 75 metres. And the anomaly that surrounds that is twice that length. So that, that looks like a terrific target. And then there's uh, Old Bucks, which is a similar sort of size. It's a, a geochemical anomaly about 800 metres long and about uh, 500 metres wide. So you're giving great hope to people who listen to this podcast who want to maybe work their way into Charger and maybe have a play. Of course, the ASX code is CHR. Are you giving... What time frame are we talking about? It seems there'll be an incredible amount of positivity in your voice. Oh, well, yeah, I, I, I'm really uh, bullish about this. But uh, again, if you get back to time frames, permitting in Northern Territory has been one of our issues. We've got all the permits in place, and such is the Northern Territory, it started to rain. <laughs> and that's, in fact, why we, uh, we've we been drilling down at Lake Johnson. We're not susceptible to, mm-hmm. to weather down there. But... Um, we're keeping a, a very good eye on the weather and it looks like it's starting to dry up and we're hopeful that we'll get on that ground in the next four to six weeks. And you're giving hope to those who are listening now that you know, that the results are going to be as... Oh, too right I am. I, I, I'm 100% confident. You've been around the block a few times. So I have. Have you ever got it wrong? No, never, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Let's delve into a couple of little personal questions, if you don't mind, if you feel comfortable talking to Adrian Griffin, of course, the non-executive director of Charger. CHR is the code and uh, all in the space of lithium and, as I mentioned, a great advocate for zero carbon. And we've spoken about the spent battery uh, collection and recycling. But I want to talk to you about your coffee of choice. What's your coffee of choice? I'm a cappuccino man. Cappuccino man? No Indeed. problems with that? No, not at all. Do you have sugar in your cappuccino? No, I don't. <laughs> and when it comes to red wine, there are two, two well, wine in general. Yes. Two great rules to remember. Yes. Wine only comes in one colour, and life's too short to drink Merlot. Now, if you abide <laughs> by both of those rules, you're not going to go t- too far wrong. And I love the odd drop of Shiraz. Okay, nice work. Look at you, just you just going forward and in your own segways. I love it. When you wake up and you're ready to go to work, and you're prepared to go, and you're about to go out of the office, or even you don't even have to get to the office, what's the first work-related task you do every day in your role? Uh, the, the first thing I do is check the markets and see what everyone else that thinks they're a competitor in the lithium industry has been doing overnight. That seems to be a very strong theme when people wake up. They, they hit the markets and what's taking place. What time do you rise? Oh, generally about 5.30, but uh, often I'll get up in the middle of the night and check the uh, uh, the US markets to see how they're going <laughs> when there are a few things on. Yeah, they will asleep. Mm. Are you a reader? Uh, unfortunately, I, I love reading, but uh, one never gets time to read anything apart from technical documents. Yeah. Um, uh, and the odd legal document. Yeah. Uh, what about things like, do you take in TV series, you know, media series? What, what? Oh, I, I love Net, Netflix. They they have such good serials on. So yeah. what, what do you, what do you, what, what's your favourite? What's been your favourite? Oh, look, um, I sit down with my wife most nights and watch some of these things and she, she has a great passion. So uh, the uh, channel selection, so to speak, gets driven by her to a large extent. <laughs> but... Uh, 
Most of it's crime. Yeah, yeah mm. I give my wife and daughter a massive on crime. They wait till I go to bed and then you just hear, mm. you can hear it unfolding mm. right there. They're up till all hours. Have you got the work-life balance right? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. And to, to a large extent, uh, that was a driving force behind me stepping down as managing director of Lithium Australia because mm. I've been there for 10 years, uh, got all the assets in there, got the technology uh, moving. It was time to start commercialising. Uh, those technologies, and uh, really, I just needed—well, uh, not not exactly a break, but needed to get get away from the mundane aspects mm. of corporate management. So I stepped down as managing managing director. I still hold a, a strong role there, uh, an advisory role of the company. So I'm still involved. But I don't have to worry that, about the employees and raising money and what have you on a day to day basis. Which is are you better for that? Are you better for that? Oh yeah, no no doubt about yeah. it. Um, in downtime, you talk about you know you know watching Netflix and the likes. But what what other downtime? What fun do you have? Oh, I do a little bit a little bit of gardening. In our place is like a zoo. We've got uh, plenty of animals at the moment. I think it's uh, two dogs, three cats, two parrots, and the parrots rule the roost. Believe me, they're two dogs, three cats, exactly the same. No birds. <laughs> yeah, the birds are quite amusing because uh, yeah, all the other animals have been bitten by the birds. <laughs> they know to stay away from them. Uh, yeah, so so those, those, those things uh, occupy most of the time. During uh, uh, footy season, I'm a, uh, a great AFL supporter. Of? We- Western Bulldogs. Okay. Mm. When you flag a handful of years ago, which was nice. 2016, yeah. So I, to, it came from nowhere. Time to bounce yeah, back. I had it? to wait 60 years for that, of course. Yeah, you did. Mm. Hey, they need to, they, they've got a strike now too. They've got a good enough list. They have, yeah, yeah. They certainly have. Yeah, oh, you're fantastic. Mm. Hey, where do you see Charger in? Uh, we talked about, you know, you talked about the rain up north, of course, uh, there at Bino and, and Lake Johnson seems to be going ahead and leaps and bounds. And you're excited. I'm hearing the excitement in your voice, Adrian. But where do you see Charger maybe in a time frame of 12, 24 months? Well, I think what you can say about the industry is, as we stand today in Australia, there are only 14 jork resources for lithium. And they're all in pegmatites, of course. Lithium occurs in other things, but in Western Australia, all, all those resources are in pegmatites. And I think if you look at the performance of the companies that have succeeded in publishing uh, those 14 resources, what you can say is really all you need is one good pegmatite. And I think we've got the making of that. We've got the anomalies. We've got the out, outcrops. We've got a terrific exploration crew. And as I mentioned earlier in this piece, you know, we've been at it in one form or another for about 10 years. So we've developed a lot of expertise. So I think we can do that a little bit better than others. So if uh, those pegmatites that are company makers are sitting there, we're going to find them. Your confidence is enlightening. And your um, and your knowledge, of course, is is second to none. Appreciate you coming in on, of course, on the ASX market, Goss, uh, as one of our first guests, Adrian Adrian Griffin, non-executive director of Charger. Pitch. You've got thirty seconds to pitch for Charger right here. Do you need to pitch? Oh, now's the time to buy. <laughs> need I say any more? You do not. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. There it is, our guest on, of course, ASX Market Goss, Adrian Griffin from Charger. We hope you enjoyed our chat with Adrian Griffin from Charger Metals. 
In our next edition of ASX Market Goss, I'll be providing you with another rare insight into an executive leading one of the companies you might be invested in to get the goss on what makes them tick and why they do what they do. And don't forget you can follow us on a number of platforms, ASX Market Goss on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok and rss.com. Don't forget, leave a comment, like us, follow us, give us your feedback. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.